0: oh snap what's going on guys how's your week been first time listeners you still got a chance to get out of here if you move quick for the rest of you forget about it you're in too deep um welcome to can you tell me a story where everyone is allowed to be themselves here This week is a super fun one. I talked to Mike, who at first, you'd think he's an average guy, very normal. But as the conversation goes, you quickly learn that he's actually a super interesting guy. And he absolutely crushes it at the parenting game. Um, He's an ex-professional poker player. And to be honest, my one and only ticket to Vanilla (laughs) eyes. Um, He's such a genuine and kind person, and I think we need more of him in this world. Mike, if you're listening to this, I hope we get to play ping pong one day. But till then, please enjoy this episode. If you liked it, please subscribe and tell everyone that you know. That would be a huge favor. Okay, Uh, put on your dancing shoes and let's get to it. Uh, Wait a second. Before you guys actually dive into the conversation, please go over to Mike's podcast, Gil Athletics Track and Field Connections, where he interviews track and field coaches around the world. I personally think what Mike is doing is really, really cool, and it would be wonderful if you guys could go over there, show him some support, subscribe, and listen to the stuff that he's working on. Okay, that's it. Bye-bye. (music) Thank <music> you.
1: Thank you for being so uh, patient and and gracious. I uh, I'm so I have to now that I get to see you. I have to tell you, as in person as we can be. I am so 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 sorry. I I can't stand when that happens. I'm so sorry,
0: Mike. Don't even worry about it. It's all good. And also, I really admire that you're a family guy. You stood me up for your <laughs> family because you went for a hike, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. My kids. I have a nine and a six and those dudes, those those kids, boy and girl, and they're they're crazy. And so they were like, hey, let's go to Forest Glen. And I was like, all right, I'm feeling good. Let's go. And I get home <laughs> and I see your messages. Oh, I just, uh, I'm so, so sorry, but so thankful. Thank you that uh, you're, you're so patient with me.
0: No, it's okay. You know, the, w- when you, well, I wouldn't say stood me up. I guess you just forgot, right? Um, I I was thinking like, isn't it kind of strange that you feel more obligated to and you feel more bad that you stood up a stranger as opposed to a friend I feel like I have that
1: I I don't to be real frank I I am such a uh yeah I came from the track and field world where everything is on the stopwatch so time is a real big deal to me like uh, you know you've heard the stereotype you know on time is late five minutes early is on time that's that's how I am like I'm I'm a five minutes early kind of guy. And so when I miss any, if I make a commitment and I miss it, I feel terrible. Plus, you know, running my own podcast, I've had this happen before where, you know, someone doesn't show up, they forget, something happens, yada, yada. And, you know, it just screws up your day and how you're scheduling things. I just feel terrible that it, you know, possibly made more work on you. That's what it makes me feel bad, to be honest with you.
0: Well, I'm really glad you're here. Um, I don't know if you know much about the show, I only have a trailer out i don't know if you watched it uh but basically it's about me inviting complete strangers to come talk to me really it's really more of like a check-in session you know Mm -hmm. well i guess first it's good to start off on a positive note um how are you is 2020 your best year
1: yeah absolutely you know i know there are so many things that are going on that are bad right now. I, I mean, you know, we can always uh, hate to say it, but back in 2019 there were bad things, and 2018, and etc. etc. There's
0: always bad things going around, right? You know? And so this was just another one of them.
1: Right now, uh, today, you know, I'm my wife is great, my two kids are great. I, I'm thankful, you know, I'm, I'm super lucky and thankful. I have a job. You know, there's a lot of people that are unemployed right now because of everything. I am uh, things are great. I mean, I I can always complain, but I'd rather look at what's what's the next step? What's the what's the next thing to move on to and keep keep uh, moving forward?
0: That's really good that you're so positive. You know, I feel like uh, today was actually I mean, just coming back to the present for a second. Today was honestly a really good day. I can't complain. Um, I was what did I do? Well, to be honest, the start of the day, do you feel like your mood kind of reflects the weather a little bit? Mm -hmm. So this morning, I'm based in New York. It was raining so hard uh, this morning. So my mood was like, "Eh, it's Mm -hmm. a little bit low. And also I had like a little bit of an argument with one of my friends back home uh, from Singapore. But then it got back up again because like the sun was shining, the clouds went away. And um, I don't know, do you know this? uh, Do you watch uh, Amazon Prime uh, originals. Oh yeah. There's this show. There's this show called Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Have you I, heard? I've heard
1: of it. I have. It's the have comedian it? or something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's
0: about this woman in the 1950s, uh, where it's basically like documenting her whole process of being a comedian, mm-hmm. and the script is amazing. And I'm really into jazz, so the uh, that that really uh, brought my spirits up a little bit. You're the <laughs>
1: second person that has talked about that, so now I have to go watch it. Are
0: you serious? Uh, yeah, the we first one,
1: to... if you're a podcast listener, maybe you listen to one of the more popular ones, Joe Rogan Experience, because he's a comedian, he has talked about it, but because he's a comedian, I was like, well, yeah, of course you're going to like it. It's, it's about comedians and their process. But now that you said it, a, a normal person like me, I'm going to have to go check it out now.
0: Well, oh, I'm where do you get your sense of humor? <sighs> wow. Are you a funny guy? <laughs>
1: I feel like you are. I sure think I'm funnier than probably others do.
0: (laughs) Do your kids think you're funny? I feel like that's the benchmark that you have to put yourself against.
1: My kids think I'm funny, but here's the thing. My kids have surpassed me. They're funnier than I am. Our whole family... We all unanimously voted our six-year-old daughter is the funniest person in the family. She is Aww. hilarious with her facial features and uh, her little uh, phrases and quirks. She's hilarious.
0: She probably gets it from you, or is mom is mom more funny? Yeah,
1: uh, you know I gotta think is mom gonna listen to this podcast? <laughs> mom's our mom's our grounder, right? Like mom's are who keeps us grounded, keeps us in check. Uh, still funny, but you know she, she also votes my little girl Cassidy and me above her uh, in the comedy but honestly in today's world six years old you know we don't raise her YouTube and Netflix and Disney Plus that's who raises in in our neighborhood that's who raises my kids man I'm just here to like you know make sure the electricity bill gets paid and she gets a you know a new American girl doll every once in a while or something like that
0: (laughs) that's true that's true wait so what are you guys up to these days apart from work and hiking that's yeah
1: yeah you know a lot of our uh, days center around what does the future look like probably like many of your listeners you know when you got two kids one's going into fourth grade one's going into first grade we moved to where we live now just for the schools so it's a big deal oh. for us like we really want our kids In the school system here and so it's trying to figure out uh, you know luckily my wife works from home so we have some flexibility as far as if the kids go you know have to stay at home the whole time one day on one day off those kind of things uh but you know none of that is ideal because you know virtual uh, learning it's just that's not the hard. same yeah it's not the same yeah um, so you know we have a lot of uh, concerns about that i have been taking um, every friday off for the past uh, i think i've got two more to go so it'll be about nine weeks in a row uh, i had some vacation left over so you know oh. we're using weekends long weekends to do hiking um, we used to go to museums and <laughs> stuff like that but i'm afraid uh, that's not, not happening. Off.
0: yeah yeah
1: so the we just got back we did a little bike ride together just you know honestly it's this has been a time where we have kind of, I hate to say sheltered in, but we've kind of internalized and uh, gotten to know each other as much, you know, as much as a family can. Uh, I travel normally 130 days, 130 nights a year. So oh, wow. this is, Oh yeah. This has been the longest span that I have slept consecutively in my house, <laughs> my whole career. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh my gosh. Wait, so that kind of gets me curious. What do you do? Uh, for a living that lets you, you know, that makes you travel so much a year. Well,
1: you said you said it right the first time. They let me. <laughs> uh, <not laughs> yeah, yeah. Me. Yeah, yeah. I
0: feel like you have to negotiate with the wife and the kids and <laughs> hash things out. Because you said your wife works from home, right? So mm-hmm. she has to have be used to the lifestyle of, of your... It's so different.
1: You, you can't be 100 plus nights a year and not... <laughs> have someone, the captain, the, we call her the CEO and CFO of the house. She she runs the house. I'm gone all the time. Uh, and so you yes, ask what I do. I'm a uh, sales professional for a manufacturer of sports equipment. And primarily I work on the track and field side. I was a college track and field coach for 10 years. Uh, my middle career, I was a professional poker player. And then I came to the company I'm at now as a uh, sales professional business development manager. I help. Bring in business through colleges and high schools around the country.
0: You were a professional poker player? Wait, how yeah. do you. I, I recently watched this movie. Um, I think it's called Molly's Game. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, at first I thought, okay, it is about professional poker, but I didn't know that the story would be centered on the woman who arranges the games, but she doesn't necessarily play it. Um, but how. How the heck did you get into it? You're like the first person I know who does professional poker.
1: Yeah, most people don't know much about it. it's you know it's a rare right a teacher and they're the probably the most underappreciated profession in this world. But you know we know teachers, we know business people, we know um, you know the average guys and gals in, in private sector. Not many professional poker players. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did, did your daughters know that you? You were a professional poker player?
1: They did. I have a boy and a girl and both my kids know. Oh, sorry. Be, yeah, no, good, no Um, They know because I started early, early in my career collecting a chip from every place that I play, And so now at this point, I've played over 350 different uh, casinos and card rooms and things like that. And so they're all framed up uh, in, in individual, um, 100, they're about 99 chips per frame. So there's four frames around the house that have all these different chips. And so, you know, when daddy comes home from a trip and I went to a new <laughs> place, there, we, we get, we open up the uh, frame that we're working on uh, together. We pick which side is going to be the one that you can see oh, wow. and where it goes and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Do you plan to teach them?
1: Oh yeah, Absolutely.
0: You know, I really, okay, so my brother, he's in a profession, he's in finance, and, uh, you know, poker is, like, a huge thing there, Um, and I've been trying to pick it up. It's pretty fun, but I don't think I have a good poker face, which is, it's hard. This is going to... I'm terrible at lying.
1: Here's what I I learned playing poker in Las Vegas professionally. Uh, It's a a very male-dominated profession. There's 99 guys to each gal. Every woman I saw playing who knew how to play the game, even a little bit, was successful.
0: What, what does that say about women versus men? There's
1: two, kind, there's two kind of guys. There's really three kind of guys, but there's two main kind of guys that are at the poker table. There is the, um, not sure the word, but the, the braggadocious, the uh, what is she doing here? I am going to run her over. And they just try to bluff, bully, steamroll. (laughs) And a smart woman poker player just sits back and waits until she has a good set of hands and takes the money. That's one type. The second type is what I call the Romeo. He, remember, it's 99 guys to every one woman. So a woman shows up she's automatically the most prettiest woman at the table because she's usually the only prettiest uh, woman on the table, right? So then you get the Romeo, and they're usually the drinkers, by the way. Actually, the, the bully also drinks a lot, but the Romeo thinks, I'm gonna woo her, I'm gonna flirt with her, yada, yada, and he just gives all of his <laughs> chips to her. It's it's amazing, the, the, to the smart, to the, again, you did not even get into poker a lot, just a little bit and you can be successful. Now, I, I took it pretty seriously. This is how I paid my bills, my car, save money, et cetera. So I honestly did not, if a woman sat down versus a male did not matter. All I looked at was the chips in front of you and how can I get them over in front of me? I did not care. I didn't want to date you. I didn't want to become your friend.
0: I was going to ask which category do you belong to?
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I'm the third. <laughs> I am the guy. I, 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 we're, we're a small, small breed, but we're the, we're the true professional, Poker players, we are. It's there to make money. It's that's what we're there for. We can go flirt at the bar later. Uh, if we want to be bullies, we can go somewhere else and be bullies. I'm sorry. No matter what you you chose to sit down at the table, so my job is to separate you from that money.
0: That's really smart. Honestly, like you can't really. I mean, even outside of poker, you can't really find people who have that much focus on on one thing. Are you always that kind of mm-hmm. guy? the one that does one thing really, really well and, or you spread yourself thin. I'm, I'm,
1: yeah, I'm more of the guy, you know, one of my kind of calling cards through business and when I was coaching uh, and even in the world of poker is the uh, my capacity to do a lot is a lot. I, I'm not the perfectionist, meaning I, I'm gonna do a hundred things I am going to get 94% of each one of those things in cor- or, uh, correct I me. Mean, I'm going to be wrong 6% of the time. So if, if you expect to be right all the time, I'm not your guy. But if you want someone who's going to be able to work on seven, eight, nine, 10, 20 things at a very high level, just not perfection, then I might be your guy. And that's where I've had success with business and like I said, poker and coaching the, the whole nine.
0: I can imagine your your poker face will come in super handy and your sales profession now
1: uh, absolutely yeah 100 <laughs> percent.
0: well i i just wanted to remind you because i feel like i don't do this enough with the the guests that i bring on um when was the last time you had a sleepover <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's a <laughs> how that is like that, okay out of the 100 questions i could have guessed you would have asked me <laughs> I wouldn't have got it on the hundred and one or hundred two even when was the <laughs> last time I had a do sleep-over? boys
0: even do that anymore
1: you know I don't know you know my nine year old boy we haven't done sleepovers yet, but I don't know why I don't maybe because I, I don't know if it's because nine year his friend said is eight eight years old to ten years old roughly I don't know if they just don't ask like will my little girl she's six and I don't think we would do a sleepover at six but when yeah. she turns nine mm-hmm. will her nine-year-old friends and will she ask for sleepovers I don't know yeah that's a good point the last sleepover I had this is <laughs> I'm cheating a little bit is we uh put the tent outside you know like a camping tent yeah so we did the tent outside in the yard because we can't go camping and I'm not a big camping fan anyway and we let the kids sleep outside so they kind of had a sleepover with the stars and the deer and the rabbits we kind of live near the country so they get a lot of critters and stuff that come over
0: that's so cute well the reason why I brought up sleepover is because I was trying to think of a way to kind of set the environment and you know like the atmosphere of the conversation and like, I wanted to feel kind of like a sleepover. Well, have you played ping pong before? I guess it-
1: I am a ping pong, in my own mind, champion. No way. I love ping pong.
0: When you come to New York, or wait, where, where are you right now?
1: We're in Illinois, about three hours south of Chicago. Champaign, Illinois, we're uh, University of Illinois.
0: I will make a note, if I ever go down there, we need to play because I miss ping pong and uh, but anyway so kind of like ping pong this was something my professor always told me I used to be part of uh, this competition like an academic competition and it was a team kind of uh, team competition right so there's five of us and when I first joined the team he told us the best way to win this game is to treat it like ping pong you kind of have to you know you hit the ball the other person mm-hmm. hits the ball and you guys kind of create like a well-oiled become like a well-oiled machine so mm-hmm. i like to think of this conversation as an us so i don't want it to be like an interview kind of thing mm-hmm. you know so that's why i got my tea i'm, I'm wrapped I, up I was going to ask you
1: <laughs> i was going to ask you what are you drinking and did you go to yale i see it's a yale coffee mug there
0: Oh, gosh, no, I just pulled this up so people think I go to Yale. No, I'm (laughs) (laughs) not about where you actually went It's what it's what people think uh, about you. But no. So what I have right now, I have a Thai tea uh, that my brother's friend very kindly bought uh, a year ago, I think. Um, And yeah, I didn't go to Yale, unfortunately. I wish I did. Um, But I actually went to uh, right here in New York. So I actually live really, really, really close. So my four years was kind of a breeze.
1: When you say New York, are you talking about New York City? New York
0: City. Mm-hmm.
1: So I told you I travel, you know, 100 plus nights a year. I travel the country, don't yeah. really do much international, but all in the country. So I go everywhere, except I've never been to New York City. Is ever. it
0: because, I mean, it? well, considering your profession, you go to either casinos or um, you, you train uh, team, sports teams right
1: Maybe yeah. I go to college campuses right okay mm-hmm. yeah
0: well there's there's not much of a track here right in any of the right. campuses too too small I
1: think yeah yeah everything is really uh, landlocked right like Columbia' is yeah. right there and it's pretty much all buildings and mm-hmm. stuff yeah yeah but I've never even been uh, you know vacation or you know we do a lot of conventions and stuff like that. I have never been in fact I went to Buffalo New York back in Jan. Well, you know, time has stood still with this whole coronavirus (laughs) thing. I can't remember if it was late last year or earlier this year. Um, And that was only the second time I'd ever been in New York my whole life.
0: Well, do you, would you ever want to come back?
1: visit? Oh, for sure. I love different places. Um, and I've gotten into uh, about maybe close to a year now, really started eating a lot of vegan type food. And so oh, yeah. you can, t- you can find those kind of restaurants in bigger cities more than you can smaller cities. So I enjoy like when I go to Seattle, which I've had some of the best vegan food I've ever had there. And, um, LA has some good stuff. Um, uh, so I would only assume like a New York, I'm a big foodie guy. Like I like good yeah. food. And so, uh, I can only imagine New York, uh, would have some of that type of food.
0: Wait, so you're moving towards being a vegan?
1: Yeah, I started about about a year ago. Yeah.
0: Wow. How, how come? Because, okay, the thing was, I had a best friend who, who was vegan. And because we hung out a lot, um, I naturally had to, you know, because I, <laughs> yeah. I I had to be the one compromising. It was good for a little bit, but then I, I miss meat. I can't do it. And I can't do the egg either. You know, I can't give mm-hmm. it up.
1: I, um, mine was, see, one day you're going to get old Gladys, like me one day, it's a long time oh, no. from now, but you got a long time from now. Uh, but I had one of my, my uh, annual physical and my uh, blood pressure was up my, um, uh, something, my cholesterol or something like that. And I just, I, 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 would rather not do medicine and things like that if I don't have to. And so I just decided, well, let's try, let's try eating vegan. And it's been really good. It's, you know, kind of adventurous. You try new foods and you're right. There's some things that are just uh, they I have not perfected, it. yeah. They have not perfected vegan cheese. All vegan <laughs> cheese is just terrible. Um, but you know, you learn to love tofu and noodles and rice dishes and things like that. And uh, I've had some uh, really amazing, um, uh, like faux chicken. That, that's, a, that's amazing. Like really good. Had some up in the uh, Boston area uh, earlier this year. It was fantastic. You would not. I would I would challenge anybody who didn't know that it was vegan. To tell me it was vegan you, you wouldn't have known
0: is that made of flour like
1: uh, I think most like faux stuff is made from um oh Gosh, like maybe no, really grains like um yeah maybe like grains yeah. and beans or something I, oh yeah I, beans right some, sometimes it's better not to ask what it's made <laughs> of <laughs> that's really just true. eat it Tastes good. All right, good. Move on.
0: <laughs> Wait, so do you guys like uh, cook at home a lot right now? I mean, mm-hmm. especially during this time. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Have you been picking up a few more recipes?
1: Yeah, I've added some fish. So okay. I guess that's called pescatarian yeah. or something like that. Um, so I have added more fish and I do love fish. And I love sushi and stuff like that. So I'm kind of thankful I've added some fish in. Um, but, you know, we eat a lot of um, you know tofu. That's kind of what you eat the most of and you can... Make tofu in a million different ways. I, I'll tell you what's really good uh, is um, buffalo cauliflower. So kind of like buffalo wings.
0: I have tried it. There, yeah. There's a really good place in New York that does that. I cannot mm-hmm. believe uh, how much I loved it.
1: Yeah, you. If you know cauliflower, you kind of automatically go, yeah, cauliflower, not that good. The cauliflower taste goes out of it, and the buffalo flavor really gets in there, and the texture is really good. I add mm-hmm. some, uh, we have, uh, my wife makes a vegan ranch. Ooh. Oh man, it's so good. That's one of my favorite, like appetizer type dishes. So good.
0: Oh my, we are both, uh, you and your wife vegan mm-hmm. or pescatarian? Okay. Yeah.
1: That's really yeah. She kind of, cool. she's the health nut. So and, <laughs> and when, when uh, I, I was flying back from uh, Rochester, oh, actually it was my, my third time ever. I, mm-hmm. I forgot the time. I did go to Rochester uh, earlier last year or late last year. Um, I was flying back. And I was thinking about the the um, test scores I'd gotten from my physical, and I was watching the show, the documentary Game Changers on uh, Netflix. And I was talking about uh, professional athletes from track athletes, bodybuilders, et cetera, power lifters that had gone to an all plant-based vegan diet. And I just decided, well, let's give it a shot. If these these guys and gals can do it, maybe I can too.
0: Well, I don't know you too long, but I have to say, I'm really proud of you for doing that and making that health decisions. i i think my parents are are also kind of not shifting towards vegan but they are eating a lot healthier and it's just something that you know you want to you want to live long for your kids and just the people around you and it's a good choice i think
1: no no that's that's exactly it so i uh right before i started watching that game changers uh on the plane i was watching this comedian i don't remember what comedian it was he was from um he was from some popular show on HBO. I I don't watch it, but I like, if I could think of the name, you you probably have heard of it. A lot of people have heard of it Mm -hmm. and uh, he wasn't all that funny, but you know, I was kind of watching him and he was talking about some of the uh, addictions he's had in his life, some drugs and sugar and things like that. And he, uh, he told this story. He says, uh, you know, when you become a parent, uh, it's easy to say, and almost every parent would say this, you know, that they would die for their children. Right. you could probably hear your own parents saying that like, man, if, if I ever had to choose, mm-hmm. I choose my kid. Right. Uh, he goes, he goes, I decided I was going to start living for my kids, That I wanted to be around to see my kids graduate high school, college, marriage, kid, grandkid. And that yeah. really hit me. Like I'm not an emotional guy. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was sitting there. Luckily, no one else was sitting next to me on the plane. And I was like, no, nope, no, nope, no tears, no tears.
0: That's me too. When I watch a scary movie or emotional movie, I make sure to dim the lights and cover my face.
1: What What's the scariest movie you've ever watched?
0: Oh, my God. Oh.
1: See, you got me with a sleepover. Yeah. I get to get okay. you. Here's
0: a, here's a good one. Let me think. So I'm a scaredy cat. I can't really deal with uh, ho- horror movies in general. But... I have to tell you, during this pandemic, I was so bored of being at home that I just I can't believe I'm resorting to watching horror movies to like to like inject some kind of interest (laughs) in my life. Exactly. So, you know, I watched um, I watched Cabin in the Woods. That one was pretty good. I I don't like the ones that's like straight in your face, paranormal, paranormal activity type Mm -hmm. of thing. I prefer more like there's a story underneath it. Um, So, so Cabin in the Woods was one. Uh, Have you heard of this one? It's like a Swedish cult. Uh, I think it's uh, Summer. I think it's called Mm. Midsummer. Mm -mm. You've never heard of it? Oh, dang. It's so Mm. good. And Mm. the the amazing thing is it's shot in bright daylight and yet it still gets you.
2: Interesting. Yeah, Yeah. it doesn't do
0: any of those dark, um, you know. The, the kinds yeah, right. that you know or insidious uh, that one was terrifying too
1: yeah i haven't seen i've heard that one yeah i haven't seen that one I, i'm with you i like the um i don't like the gore ones you know the yeah. old uh, jason and fred i liked them when i was a kid but oh, the, i'm like yeah, the slasher movies yeah. right 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 um what's the one on netflix you made me think of it when you said cabin in the woods it's like H- house on haunted hill or it's haunting a series. Of hill house haunting you know, of hill house
0: i watched that I loved too. it I totally forgot about that you know so my uh, brother's friends were over so the thing is I live in the living room and uh I like when they walked through I didn't know they were coming in I was literally in my sheets alone at home which is kind of sad when you think about it and I'm just like screaming when they walked in because <laughs> it was right when uh the ghost came out I was like god damn it oh
1: my god it's so good uh, it, it has a plot to it it's the character development was good the only scary movie series that's like I like I'm a legit scared you, you mentioned like paranormal and stuff like that yeah uh par- paranormal activity it's You've the watched only that? oh man
0: I, I couldn't the first it
1: first time i watched it we tried to do the whole set the scene you know we yeah. turned off all the lights and had the popcorn my wife got up said i can't i can't watch it <laughs> she started doing the dishes had the light on and and honestly inside because the light you know uh, kind of an open ho- uh, house plan yeah. so the light was shining i was like oh thank god that light's on like, Is it that was, the f- it was, in the
0: first 10 minutes
1: uh it, yeah it went, went long oh that's for god. sure yeah, yeah yeah and then i've watched all the other the sequels paranormal two and three and whatever but i legit no kid. I'm a 43-year-old man. I'm not tough or anything, but like I'm secure. Yeah. And I legit can't watch it unless it's in the middle of the day with the, the, the shades, you know, open. I, I have to know that it's daytime and everything is safe. It, it legit scares me.
0: The thing with paranormal activity that gets me is the fact that it's so real and I just can't. Exactly. I don't want to see something sliding out from under my bed because my, I wish I could show you maybe later. I have a underneath, you know, some beds, they, it's just you're fully secure. No boogeyman's going to pop out because there's no space, but I have it.
1: That's it. That's a. That's why it scares me. It's like that. This could pretend my house could be haunted. Who knows? Exactly. I mean, it might happen. You know, uh, some guy with a hockey mask, that's probably not going to happen, yeah. you know? But this other stuff, it could happen. It, like I said, it's, it's the only movie ever. And, and I'm so stupid. I still watch them. I still like, oh, i got to watch part two and just make sure oh it's daylight God. and I'll be okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's, no, I can't do that.
1: So did you, coming back to New York City, because it's such a different, you know, living in, in New York City versus living in you know, almost any t- uh, town besides maybe like downtown LA and maybe downtown Chicago, et cetera. Did you grow up? In New York City or did you move there for college?
0: I actually did come here for college. I was originally born and raised in Singapore Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm very lucky because I'm pretty sure my parents wouldn't have sent me here if my brother, uh, my older brother wasn't here. Mm -hmm. Um, So you know he kind of felt out the place and he thought it was okay so um, my my parents were totally cool with me coming over and especially because we live so close to the school they they felt a little more safe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but did he
1: go to school there too?
0: Oh, uh, so I went to uh, no, my brother went to. Oh, um, yeah. He's five okay. years older, so he's been working for for a while now. I'm twenty four, yeah. okay. uh, so I literally just graduated a year ago, I think, um, yeah. and I have been working since. Yeah.
1: What What did you major in, and what do you do now?
0: I did economics, um, which it was. I have to say, if I was in Singapore, um, and this is another thing, was I didn't really appreciate education at the time before I came here, Um, and I didn't do really well for my exams, Uh, but I was very lucky because I took the SATs. It was the last one that I could take before, you know, like the window of opportunity closed, and I managed to get in here, and I, you know, did something that I loved, which was you know, knock on with really lucky because most people don't get to do that. Otherwise I would have been stuck in a major that I wouldn't have enjoyed in Singapore. And that's a, that's very painful for me. Yeah. <laughs> Are you, I have a question. Are you mm-hmm. someone who can only do something if they love it? Cause I feel like I'm, I'm that way. No, you know, you I, push I have
1: place. a, yeah, I've got an understanding that, you know, life is not, all about only what you can do, you know, maybe uh, what you love to do, you know, maybe only people, I don't even know if this is true. I was going to say only people who are like ultra, ultra rich, like billionaires, like they could maybe make a decision and say, I'm only going to do what I want to do. And and then honestly, I'm not sure it would be the passion would be there. You know, we we have to have downs to have ups, you know, we have to, we have to frown to smile or there is no comparison there. So, you know, sometimes you got to slog through stuff and, get it done and i think that makes you appreciate when you get to do the things that you do love and have passion for uh you know the hill gets higher it makes you appreciate it even more
0: when did you get so smart mike
1: (laughs) yeah i'm still striving (laughs) for that
0: (laughs) were you like this in your 20s you You know you kind of you come across as someone who's kind of got it figured out
1: you know some people have to grow up early because of life circumstances, right? Maybe they have to start taking care of a sibling when they're 14 or 15, things like that. I didn't have that uh, necessarily, but I did start coaching track when I was 19 years old. I started coaching at a high school in Chicago. And so here I was 19 and I was in charge of other 14, 15, 16, 17, 18 year old kids. Uh, So it just, it was an automatic, like, Oh, I have to, you know, I have to be the adult, Yeah. 19 years old. And then uh, quickly went into coaching college at the age of 20. Same thing. There was 18 to 22 year olds. I was one of the coaches. You just, you, you, it's just a role you're in. And so you, you play the role or you don't, and then you fail. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so I decided to play the role and just, okay, got to be an adult, got to be an adult. Doesn't, doesn't mean I didn't make stupid decisions because <laughs> even adults make stupid decisions, but uh, you know, you just start working and start doing what you love and have some fun.
0: So wait, so you never had a job that you were uh, on the fence about? And wow, you got in early into track. Mm -hmm. How how did that happen? Were you a athlete yourself before getting? Well,
1: it's a it's disrespect to call it's disrespect to other athletes to call me an athlete.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Don't be modest, Mike. No,
1: no, no. You know, while I've not been accused of being modest very much, this is not modesty. I was an absolute terrible track athlete, grew up in the state of Alabama uh, was just terrible. I mean just just terrible. Not only did I not hit any kind of genetic lottery like even <laughs> if I would have been even if I'd have been coached well, I still wouldn't have been any good. I also was not coached well so I had the two against me. Um, and so um, moved to Chicago to study engineering actually and the scholarship I was on, I had to like my first year was basically free. like if I decided to quit after my freshman year, It was fine. Yeah. We walk away. Right. If I start my classes my sophomore year, if I have to drop out at any time after that, I owe everything back. Uh, Mm. And this was at a time the school was just under 30,000 a year. Sadly, that's a good price nowadays. That was really expensive back then. And so at the end of my freshman year, I had really, I was doing computer engineering. I had really busted my butt to learn programming and things like that. And it just was not happening at all. Um, So I uh, was living in a fraternity house and literally outside the window of our pool room uh, was this high school, the football field in the high school. And I was like, you know, I missed track, even though I sucked. I was like, you know, I kind of liked it. So I called up the uh, head coach one day and was like, you just need someone to volunteer like I'm gonna drop out of school and go find a job so you know maybe a couple days a week I can just come and help out Uh, and luckily uh, he was like you know actually I'm looking for a full-time assistant and I was like I'm your guy (laughs) yeah Yeah. he he retired the uh, the very next year and I became the head coach at 19 20 years old whatever I was yeah
0: so you had that kind of coach DNA stuck in you
1: yeah but also you know some people would call it luck. Some people call it fate, karma, et cetera. You know, I'm a uh, Christian. I, I believe God was just watching my back the whole time. Um, you know, what made me call the track coach? I, I played football. In fact, I was probably a better football player in high school than I was a track athlete. Mm-hmm. Why didn't I call the football? Why did my passion yeah. go towards track? Why did he retire the very next year? Why does this school, it's a, it was a, a Catholic, a private school in the Chicago Catholic league. Uh, I was not a teacher. I worked, In fact, I started working midnights downtown as a security officer just so I could coach in the afternoons. Uh, Why did they let this 20-year-old kid coach their track? They should never. It was a terrible decision. Well, I don't know what in the world they were (laughs) thinking, uh, but they did. And then one of my kids is being recruited. Uh, I introduced him to a small school in Alabama. Uh, That kid ends up going to a different school. That coach says, well, you know what? do you want to coach college? Like I I need, I need help down here and I can pay for your, your school. So they paid for my entire undergrad to come down to Troy university in Alabama. And I got to coach and they paid for all my schooling. So I was taking classes on the side, coaching in the afternoons.
0: Did you continue? Sorry. Did you continue engineering?
1: Oh gosh, no, 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 no! You avoided so, it like the plague. One hundred percent. So when I was going to Troy University, and, and have you, you probably haven't. you live in New York, grown up in Singapore. You've never heard of Troy State, Troy University. Mm-hmm. How, how, how dare you, Gladys? It's the greatest school in you know the whole what? Of my world. Right
0: after this conversation, I'm going to Google the heck of it, out of it.
1: There it is. <laughs> The way I prove that it's the number one school in the in the world for me is my son's name is Troy. I named my kid after that school. Yeah, yeah. Are yeah. you
0: serious? Wow. Yeah, my, my
1: my wife was super stoked that I didn't go to school at like Quinnipiac or uh, <laughs> uh, anything like that. She's like, okay, Troy, that's it's a decent boy's long. name. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Wait, so, so it sounds was... like
0: you you had like some life changing experiences there. Oh,
1: yeah. It, I mean, Gladys, you moved to New York City from Singapore. That's a pretty life-changing experience, it right? It is, it is. Okay, I, have to I say. mean, that's, that's what <laughs> life is. That's a, that's all life is. For, for most people, I shouldn't say for most people, for some people, certainly some people's life-changing experience is to stay in the same town that they mm-hmm. grew up in. Uh, and that still can be life-changing. It's, it's all about what you, uh, what influence you want to have over your sphere. Your sphere does not have to be the quote unquote huge. You don't have to be the head football coach of university of Alabama. You know, that's a big job, right. Or mm-hmm. the president of this or owner of a company. You could be in your own sphere, in your own neighborhood, in your own um, apartment block. Yeah. I don't know how people live in New York city. I just assume you <laughs> don't have a neighborhood. I don't know. I could be wrong. Accurate. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen, I've seen shows and movies. So that's that's <laughs> my whole New York city experience. <laughs>
0: Honestly when it, I came here that was all I had all the movies was the TV's and movies yeah, yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> let me tell you complete contrast it was it was totally different you really? do know, oh, I, just, I, I always thought when i came here i feel like i'd be in a movie wherever i go and like but uh, no it's kind of disgusting here
1: but <laughs> I, I assume you go to times square to eat every meal i think that's the only place that has food in new york city i have no idea no clue Oh, and everybody goes to shows. You go to Broadway or whatever. Musicals.
0: I no that's expensive. And honestly, I didn't really get into it. Um, I I did enjoy a couple, though. It really depends on the story. Not everyone's fantastic. So.
1: Have you seen Hamilton?
0: We have Disney And thank God that they put it there because I would never be able to afford the, the ticket. Don't kill me, but I fell asleep.
1: Oh, I get it. I did too a little bit.
0: Oh, you did. Okay,. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know but some now, people have a religious experience with watching it, and
1: well, not a religious experience, but I am I'm hooked. I've I never the seen song. a musical. Yep. I stayed away from musicals because probably because of stereotype. I was like, ah, whatever, I don't <laughs> do, do musicals. Get out of here. Um, you know, the closest thing I get to a musical is Disney cartoons because of my daughter, because they sing too much in Disney, you know, all the yeah. Frozen. That's the closest to a musical I'll get, right? <laughs> and so, you know, I was coming to Disney Plus and my wife was like, will you please just watch five minutes of it? And I was like, you know what? She for some reason still stays Isn't married to price me. to
0: pay. Yeah,
1: I, I even told her I was like, you know what? I'll watch the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I was like, you yeah, know, I can gut through. I knew it was long. I didn't know it was that long, yeah. but I knew it was long. But I was like, you know what? That's the. She asked for nothing. If this is something she asked for, okay, I can do it. She fell. I fell asleep a little bit, but she fell asleep. I was I was <laughs> in it the whole way. In fact, we just finished up our second watching about an hour ago. We play it on our Alexa the the uh, soundtrack every day. I mean, I'm oh lo- I have no clue. What's your
0: favorite? What's your favorite number? Do you remember? The,
1: the, the King George, Same. any number he does. That, that was the hilarious. only
0: one that I woke yeah. up for, and then I passed out again.
1: Dude, it's <laughs> hilarious. Do you know who he is? You know, we were talking about Netflix and um, you know thrillers and scary movies and stuff. Uh, there's a show on uh, Netflix, um, Hunting M- Mind Hunter it's about I want to get into that Mm -hmm. it's awesome uh what the main there's two main characters one of them is the king king george it's the same guy yeah yeah yeah. and he plays a completely different character I mean you know king george funny and yeah uh you know yeah yeah no no this guy is the opposite of funny he's very dry very driven they're 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 basically inventing the um interviewing techniques for uh, mass murder um, yeah mass murder so they're called yeah yeah uh, so it's all about that back in the 60s or 70s or whatever it's, it's a brilliant show it's really really good uh, but I when I was watching uh, Hamilton and looking at the king you know, he's hilarious and stuff and I'm like man I recognize that guy what else has he been in so I had to google it and I was like holy crap he's Holden and Mindhunters it's awesome
0: <laughs> it's so weird to see actors now kind of moving into musicals a little bit. Um, I saw Tom Hiddleston in he had a musical like a play actually it's a play. Um, really? Yeah and, and uh, me and my friend we bought tickets up close because it's Tom Hiddleston we'll, we'll drop that money. Um, and it was it was very weird because the the play was about infidelity. And, uh, you know, being able to see your superhero now playing that role is kind mm-hmm. of strange, but uh, very interesting. It wasn't
1: Hamilton? Hamilton was about infidelity.
0: Oh, yeah. That too. That <laughs> yeah. too. But I wasn't – I'm not, like, too into Lin-Manuel Moran. Wait, is that his name? Mm-hmm. Manu- yeah.
1: yeah you, Lin- Lin-Manuel or something? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Wow. That's the crazy. guy from Hamilton, that's who, that's who he is. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, Yeah. for – Someone who is willing to come on Zoom and talk to a complete stranger. Honestly, if I, if I were you, I don't know if I ever answered to that Reddit post. But I need to ask you, are you an adventurous guy?
1: I would say no.
0: Then why are you here? <laughs> like, What is it that made you come here? I'm, I'm just taking a poll for my own personal um, interest.
1: I love people. And maybe more specifically, I love their stories. I think around the world, everybody is super common. What I mean by that is we all have a lot of experiences. However, each individual of us have amazing uniqueness. So I like to call it we're uniquely common or we're commonly unique. Um, you know, maybe some of the things that you know. Gladys shared twenty four or yeah, twenty four year old woman living in New York City, originally from Singapore. I'm this dude who grew up in Alabama and lived in Illinois. Was a professional poker player, yada yada. You think on the, on paper you would go two people could not be any more different right? Yeah. I mean, there's no no commonality. It would never be able to hold a conversation. And yet we come to something like this and we find a lot of commonalities. In fact, if we probably dived into, you know, how you grew up and how mom and dad treated you or didn't treat you, things like that, growing up with a brother, I grew up a single uh, child, bounced back between different families and stuff like that. But I guarantee you, we'd still have some Mm -hmm. commonalities, but yet be so unique almost literally you know across the world growing up in different age brackets i just think people are amazing even the person who thinks they are the most boring person in the world i guarantee you there'd be so many fascinating stories and i just love it i I love people's journeys i love their stories they're fascinating to me
0: i'm completely on the same page and that yeah that's really the reason why i wanted to do this project in the first place it's because in new york it's hard to make friends if you don't have an excuse and the podcast is my excuse so I think if I didn't have this we would never have
1: how would you answer that question are you adventurous
0: I think I am I think I've grown more adventurous I I was actually thinking about this you kind of read my mind I was kind of reminiscing like how far I've gotten from from when I was a, a kid and like I always wonder how different my life would have turned out if I just stayed back in Singapore, right? Mm -hmm. And um, I think it's more of like taking a leap of faith. Honestly, when I was on the plane here, okay, so back home, everyone knew me as a person who would eventually get out of Singapore just because I always talked about it and my brother was here. So kind of the stars were aligned, Um, but I never, I always saw it as a dream. because I, I used to watch Gossip Girl. <laughs> so I, I had this whole, you know, idea of the, the interestingness that is New York. Um, but even when I was on the plane here, I couldn't believe that I was le- leaving my entire life back home. Um, and it was honestly very terrifying for me. Just because I, I didn't know anyone. It's basically starting from scratch, Right but also at the same time i was super excited because i got to leave my narrative of myself back in singapore or what i was and kind of make a new i, I want to say reputation but kind of a mm-hmm. new idea of myself mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. i wouldn't I, I would i actually would be curious did you like yourself when you were when you were younger? I know that's a loaded question, but it was, it's something that I, I, I was thinking about. Um, I think I actually like myself more now than I did back then. Cause I was uh, more close minded. I feel.
1: Yeah I, yeah. I think I probably would have to say yes. I don't know that I ever thought about it that way. I, I moved around a lot when I was a kid. Um, Amy, my wife, and I were a couple years ago. We were talking, she grew up in a very like, she lived in the same house since she was like six years old, that kind of thing. Uh, so we kind of did a quick count, like I kind of went through my head of like, okay, kindergarten, first grade, second grade. We got up to high school. I did go to the same high school all four years, but from kindergarten to eighth grade, I went to 20 different schools. Wow. Yeah. So every year, every year, I moved at least once, and some years, twice, and a few years, three times. So, I guess I uh, the, the reason I'd say I, I think I had to have liked myself is I was always the new guy. I was always the stranger.
0: It's kind of nice being the new person.
1: Do you feel? Uh, I think 24-year-old you says that and 43-year-old me <laughs> says that. Let's think about an eight-year-old kid.
0: Oh, true. That's incredibly yeah. stressful.
1: Right. You sit down in a new room, everybody's friends, but you, you don't know anybody. People are talking. Yeah. You, have, you have insecurities. Are they talking about me? Oh, and by the time I start making friends, I move. And this Wait, is so before. you always
0: stay in one school for just like a couple months?
1: Semester. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Is it? Uh, if you don't mind me asking, is it like family reasons?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. My, my mom was, uh, you know, it really depended on where she was in her life at that point. Was she married to someone? Uh, so that she thought she could, you know, raise a boy. Um, if not, you know, was her current boyfriend or her husband willing to have another child? Cause they probably had kids themselves. Uh, so I'd bounce back and forth between my grandparents, my mom, you know, all, all over.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Uh,
1: And and remember, too, you grew up in a time, uh, basically, you know, 24, if you think about moving around, because maybe in your head, you're like, oh, well, if I had moved in fifth or sixth grade or eighth grade, you know, Facebook, Twitter, whatever, remember, none of that was around.
0: Oh, yeah. You couldn't even stay in touch. Wow.
1: I remember my eighth grade year. So eighth grade, right? You you're really starting to maybe have some relationships and things like that. Uh, I go up to... I'm in Florida. I go up to Alabama where my grandparents were. I was going to stay there for Christmas break Mm -hmm. and then come back down. So my mom and her uh, husband at the time dropped me off. They were going to come back a week later for Christmas and then we would go back. Right. So they do all that. I'm in Alabama, whatever it was. It was normal. That was all normal. Uh, They show up for Christmas and they say, Hey, we need to have a family meeting. Now, Now, Gladys, that was the first Red flag. We never had family meetings. I was like, what do you mean? Family like an meeting?
0: intervention almost. Yeah, yeah. It's like something's <laughs> wrong. Right,
1: right, right. I started floating through my head, what did I do wrong? What did I do wrong? You know? Yeah. Uh, so they sit down, and my mom says, uh, this morning, you know, before we headed up, I withdrew you from school. You're going to start going to school here. God. So now think about this. I'm the kid that we went home, eighth grade, we went home for a Christmas break. Maybe I saw you for a day before I said, hey, I'm going to go to my grandpa's, my grandparents' house in alabama for a couple weeks see ya, you know Mm -hmm. see you in a couple weeks see you after christmas can't wait to talk about what you got for christmas and what i got for christmas and whatever and never showed back up never came never like they they came back to the first day of school in january and they're like hey where's mike i must must be sick okay the next day next day you know maybe the teacher probably at that point said yeah mike don't go to school here no more and there was no like oh we get on facebook hey man where are you at none i just never I was gone. I, th- those people, if they ever even think of me at this point, but mm-hmm. if they were ever to go, you know what, what did happen to Mike? Man, did he die? I have no clue. I <laughs> <laughs> just never showed back up.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: So I wow. guess I had to have liked myself because I, 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 that's all I had, yeah. uh, you know?
0: How, I can't imagine, like, how did you find, you know, kind of like a sense of stability as you were moving around? Did you, like for me, I really like music. Um, I always made sure to have that in my life. Uh, you know, when when I'm going through a rough time, music always helped. Or I don't know if you're are you into writing, reading, and books always helped me either. No? I do
1: I am a I'm a big book reader. I'm a huge uh nonfiction. Mm-hmm. I, again it's part of that. I think real life is so much more interesting. I don't need fiction, you know. Me too. Um, but you know, I don't know that I ever, you know, you used you, you asked what did I ever find for stability? I don't know that I ever did, Gladys. Um, so, you know, I went to high school and then I moved to Chicago, dropped out there, but worked for a couple of years, then came to Alabama to finish up my degree. And then it was Kansas for a year for a job, Indiana for two years for a job, Mississippi for two years for a job, for coaching jobs. And then what did I do? I said, you know what? I'm just going to move to Vegas and play poker for a living moved to freaking Vegas, never had been there before. And so until this phase of my life, uh, you know, I got, uh, I worked for Gill athletics. So we make track and fields. So if you look at the Olympics and mm-hmm. see our javelins and pole vault poles and hurdles and things like that until I got here, that was 14 years ago, almost to the day, about two more weeks. That'd be 14 years ago when I moved here. Uh, here's where I found my wife, had my children, bought a house, like have a sense of community. I know my neighbors and Mm -hmm. obviously my teammates at work. Uh, This may be the first time in my life that I've, like stability would be a a decent word to describe it.
0: So in a way you were kind of forced to be adventurous.
1: Uh, Yeah. Well, you know, in, in, I was forced through high school because, you know, I didn't have any say so, but I didn't have to move to those different jobs. And I certainly didn't have to move to Vegas. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I I was at Mississippi State. They loved (laughs) me. It was all good. I I, I quit them. They didn't quit me. So, um, no, maybe, maybe I've always been searching for something and I don't know what that something is.
0: Going back to your professional poker player days. I'm Mm -hmm. really curious. Was it a dangerous time for you?
1: It could have been.
0: Yeah. I can't so, imagine.
1: Yeah, you're, you know, right now in today's age and with jobs and things like that, we're very digital with our money, right? Like you, I don't know, you probably don't even carry much cash like, around no. it if you do at all. Barely. Right? Yeah. yeah, I didn't either. I was, a, you know, I, I paid everything with credit card, paid it off every month, things like that. You know, back then I probably still wrote checks, even though now I, like who writes checks, right? <laughs> but when you're playing poker, it is the exact opposite. You are all cash. Huh. so i would you know i eventually got to games where i'd play where i'd have anywhere between 10 and twenty thousand dollars sitting in front Just of me
0: in a big suitcase
1: uh, no no that's the, <laughs> the wads of hundreds man oh my god <laughs> or, or you would even have them in chips i uh, once had t- i was going across the street to a different casino and so i had two you know chips. is you know yay big yeah i had two five thousand dollar chips in my hand and i remember thinking if I drop, if I lose one of these chips, I lose $5,000. So I remember oh I shoved my, I, I grabbed it. Yeah, you know, with b- both hands. Clenched my fist. I shoved my hand in my jeans pocket. And I walked across the street with my hand in my, you know. And even then, when I got to the other casino, I pulled out my hand. I, I remember looking, I was like, oh, God, please let there be <laughs> two chips in my hand. And luckily, I opened up. I, I remember the indent of the chips being on my, oh my hand. Gosh. I had squeezed, you know, it was just so much. But um, the, the casino that I played most of my games at was the Wynn Casino in Las Vegas. Oh. And, you know, I'm just so, so thankful for them. They saw that I was not a tourist. They saw that I was not some fly-by-night poker player. I was going to be there for a month and then go back home. That Hey, I was, I was in it to win it for however long it was going to last. Yeah. And so they actually allowed me to have a safety deposit box in their poker room. So at the end of the night, I would put whatever money was left over, lock it up. I walk out with nothing but my ID and a credit card. That's Someone robbed me. That's all they were going to get. They weren't yeah. going to get any cash. Yeah. So
0: that's like you got the special treatment.
1: I, I was I was le- a legit professional poker player. Absolutely. People always ask like, so, you know, what other job did you have? I, I did not have it. Uh, I, my tax returns for that yeah. year, the profession says professional poker player. I, I, that's all I did. That's it. Every day. That's exciting. It I mean,
0: you probably met like super interesting people
1: Oh during my gosh. your time, right? Yes, it, absolutely. You
0: won't name drop. I respect that, but can you give me a glimpse into the types of people that you met? Because they're probably like eclectic from all walks of life, right?
1: Yeah, but they're they're not eclectic in regards oh. to they're they're students, uh graduates of university economic majors in New York City, they're dentists in Richmond, Indiana, they're um garbage men from you fall out whatever they're just normal people now i have played against some famous people um have you, have you ever seen american pie it's kind of an old movie yeah, now for yeah, yeah, do you remember nadia the the, the is that the what,
0: the her real name
1: uh no 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 that was her um character name she was uh, i don't know what country was from so sure she had the thick accent she was a yeah. foreign exchange student or whatever uh oh yeah i played with her i played with um nikki hilton so not paris hilton but her sister her and nikki. sister. yeah
0: mm-hmm. yeah
1: played with her was she good um, uh, no no <laughs> <laughs> she was just learning and she had too much money oh my <laughs> so, god yeah, yeah 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 um oh who else i don't know a couple of famous play- you know like you're my, not my starstruck
0: favorite. anymore i guess
1: no, you know, <laughs> I'm so stupid. Unless you tell me that person's famous, I I, I, I have to see people in their context. Yeah, like, that's I, me. I, I, here's the example I always give. And no one believes me. It hasn't happened yet, I can't wait till it happens. So, you know, I fly around the country. So I'm in the um, Admirals Club, the airline clubs and mm-hmm. stuff like that, because I'm in the airport a long, long time. And there's tons of uh, famous people that go in and out of them for privacy reasons, et cetera. I tell people, if Michael frickin' Jordan walked into the Admirals Club, unless he was wearing a Bulls jersey, I would not recognize him. He would just be another guy in a oh suit. Or, I wouldn't. I just, unless someone said... Hey man, that's Michael Jordan. I'd look and be like, yeah, okay, maybe it is. I'm not sure. Well, here's how I know it. One of my, <laughs> uh, someone in my network, I'm friends with him, but mm-hmm. I don't want to overstate and say I'm best friend yeah. or anything. All right. Is a guy named, i going to test you. You're 24. You're so young. Uh, Vanilla Ice. Do you know who Vanilla oh, yeah. Ice is?
0: Oh my God. I yeah. was in Dallas and he was performing.
1: Yep. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm.
0: We just walked in. Okay. I don't want to be rude or anything, but that performance was such a downer. Like, how dare you? No, because people, like, he's kind of outdated already, right? And
1: (laughs) I'm so, so hurt right (laughs) now. I'm sorry,
0: (laughs) but he was like twerking and like bringing these young girls up there. And I was.
1: Yep. That's him. 100%. First of all, let's but I love for, everybody, for everybody for everybody who's listening. No, 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 stop that. <laughs> for everybody who's listening, let's set the record straight. Vanilla Ice is, his real name's Rob. Rob is an amazing performer. That's what's so awesome Fair. about him. He is awesome. Uh and he does have more than one hit by the way. I know you know Ice Ice Baby yeah. and maybe you've heard um you know Ninja Rap.
0: Nope.
1: <laughs> go, oh jeez. Go watch <laughs> Teenage Mutant <laughs> Ninja Turtles 2 the movie. It's I will. Awesome. I will. Uh, But if you go to YouTube and YouTube his his songs now some of them are corny. you know, it's but that's everybody He does have some amazing amazing hits, but he's an amazing performer. He's actually a pretty cool dude Uh,
0: You met him personally?
1: Oh, yeah Yeah, yeah. his uh, I became it's funny. You said in Texas. uh, So I saw him in uh, McKinney, Texas, I think is one place where I saw him I became friends with his drummer his drummer now is actually the drummer for Salt and Peppa, um, oh. but I became friends with his drummer, and his his drummer and I just kind of hit it off. And he was like, "Hey man, if you know you travel a lot, if we're ever in the same town, do you want to come to a concert? Hit me up." You know, he gives me his phone number, right? And so I have probably seen Vanilla Ice, and they they were on a tour called the "I Love the '90s" tour. Mm-hmm. So he headlined it. Salt and Peppa was the subheadliner. Yeah, uh, Coolio. Um, uh, oh gosh, who else? Uh, Tone Loke. Uh, uh, Color Me Bad, th- those kind of, you know, 1990s type of um, uh, rap artists and stuff. And so I've probably seen Rob in, I don't know, 10, 12 different cities, always backstage, on wow. stage. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the one I went to in, I think it was in McKinney, Texas, which is, you know, the Dallas area, mm-hmm. um, was, was actually on Halloween, and that's Rob's birthday. So I'm backstage hanging out with him that's and his now so ex-wife cool. and his kids and Cake and stuff, and I'm just like, "What am I doing here?" It's a, this is a little, like, I, I'm the one who sticks out here. I, this is not me. But it was so much fun. He is so such a gracious host. Mm-hmm. It, it's such 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 fun, just fun.
0: So your kids basically can call Vanilla Ice their uncle, and the drummer my, of Salt and
1: Pepper. <laughs> no kidding, my kids know every lyric to to Ice Ice Baby.
0: I feel like you would, you know, you give them a test and if they can't pass it, they can't eat dinner or something. <laughs> when,
1: when we'd go on road trips, we'd play it by their request, by the way. I'm not forcing this song. It's though.
0: a great song.
1: It's a great song. Long exactly. Song. <laughs> exactly. There you go. Hey, if you want to have a lot of fun, my favorite version. So there's so many different remixes and stuff yeah. like that. If you type in YouTube, Ice Ice Baby country song, this guy, this long bearded guy, Jason something. He sings it a or I guess not acapella, with just a, a um, solo, with just a, a guitar. Uh-huh. And it slows it down, it's, it, it's our favorite version. Like that's the that's the one we play when Country we're on road trips. Style. No, it's, it's very, it's slowed down, all the same lyrics, but it's just uh, just a different, I don't know if it's a melody or beat, I don't really know a lot about music, but it's an awesome, awesome version, yeah.
0: Dang, all right. You you got me back into cause I'm a 90s baby. I need to exactly. explore my roots. Okay, hold on.
1: If you're a 90s (laughs) baby, hold on, hold on, hold on. If you're a nineties baby, so my boy Keith, he's my he's the drummer, right? So he goes to Salt and Pepper. They uh salt and pepper breaks off from the I Love the 90s tour and starts a um, oh gosh, mixtape tour. Listen to this one now. So we saw him up in Chicago, backstage, the whole nine. Here is the lineup for the mixtape tour. Um, naughty by nature hip hop hooray oh come on
0: i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> hold on
1: you're Keep definitely going. not gonna Keep you're going. definitely not gonna know you're not gonna know tiffany you don't know debbie uh not oh, debbie tiffany
0: gibson. who you gotta say that
1: no no that's her name tiffany
0: oh shit sure, R- No red
1: hair yeah, yeah yeah uh not um not debbie gibson like debbie gibson yeah debbie gibson you probably don't remember her uh salt and pepper yeah. and the headliner new kids on the block
0: oh yeah i let know let me tell you
1: the <laughs> absolute best concert I've ever been to so you've been to concerts I know right? two
0: the, of them so that's not too bad
1: no no <laughs> no uh you know most concerts right the first act goes out there and they do their you know first act probably does 15 minutes and then the yeah. next one next one then you get to the headliner right well if you're a 90s baby you might remember this you were born yeah. that you're not a 90s baby you grew up in the 90s you had to create your own mixtapes so maybe you remember doing that with CD-ROMs, right?
0: Yes. Oh, no, but okay. then my, my dad was an old-school guy.
1: Yeah, he yeah. Had, okay.
0: He had a ton of mixtapes, yeah. Yeah,
1: we used to we used to have to put the tape and play the radio, and when the song oh, we yeah. wanted, you know, hit the record, you record button record real quick, it. Yeah. right? Right, and so you would have one song from one artist and then a different song from another artist and then maybe another song from the first. Or, like, it was all kind of mixed up, yeah. right? A mixtape. That's how they did the concert. So it wasn't like... Tiffany's got on there for ah. 30 minutes and then Debbie. In fact, the very, fr- I mean, right out the gate, New Kids on the Block comes out. And I was like, wait a minute, they're the headliners. Yeah. What in the world? So it's like and random. Then, y- yes. That's so cool. It's like a mixtape. It God. was amazing. I mean, just, I don't care if you think New Kids on the Block is cheesy or not. I know you don't, but someone listening is. <laughs> that concert was just amazing. And so we get to go backstage. I didn't get to see New Kids, but you know, I get to see Debbie Gibson, who, you know, That's who I had a crush on growing up, and Tiffany and Salt and Pepper. Just it's just fun, man. Just a lot of fun.
0: So I always think, like in terms of what you would spend a lot of money on, I think music would be the one thing that that I, you know, I would drop a lot of cash on. Because I'm I'm not really a big fashion person. I don't like to spend a lot on clothes or food or whatever. Um, But Michael Bublé, I've seen him three times. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> wow. Really? No, but first of all, I didn't pay for it. My brother did. So, you know, good, good for good. him. And thank, thank God.
1: That's for a him. good brother. Um, yeah. yeah,
0: no, he he's obsessed with Michael Bublé. Um, but I have to say live music is the one thing that I think is worth.
1: Do you are you the person you already said this with the um, Broadway show with Sam uh, Huddleston you, you, or Tom Huddleston, you got up close. Are you the person that goes to the concert? You like to be up close or do you like sitting back?
0: I'm okay. I would prefer in the middle. I'm not mm. I'm not the one that would drop a thousand dollars. That's us. Yeah, no, nah, I'm not that crazy. Maybe like a solid three to four hundred, I'm okay with. Um yeah, yeah. but if I did have the money, I would go all the way up front.
1: Who's the ultimate person or band that you want to see that you haven't been able to see live? Like John ultimate. John Mayer. Like- really
0: john mayer is my number one he's a fantastic performer i've seen every single one of his youtube videos yeah live uh performance but the day you know i wanted to go on his tour recently but then i couldn't find anyone to go with me and i was so sad about it but it's okay hopefully he'll continue to make music um
1: Uh, yeah see now what's funny is as Gladys is to John Mayer, I am to Vanilla Ice, right? Because a lot of people make fun of John Mayer. Yeah. You know, he has one song or whatever. Oh my
0: God. Are you kidding me? His whole album is amazing. Okay. Wait a know.
1: minute. You said that about Vanilla Ice.
0: <laughs> I know. I know. Wait, you don't like John Mayer, or you only know, like he's one fine. song?
1: Okay. oh he's all good i can't even name a song but like i know a lot of people make fun of him i'm sure i know a song but i'm, I'm terrible at like oh yeah so and so sings this i'm just like oh yeah i love that beat okay cool
0: actually me too i don't really yeah. remember the name of it
1: yeah, yeah yeah, i'm not real good at that i'm definitely not good at lyrics unless they're vanilla ice lyrics
0: <laughs> wait can you you can wrap the whole thing
1: oh well in my sleep get out of here of course i can
0: all right. maybe right we're not doing that. yeah off air yeah <laughs> i, I knew where that was going it. so here's the thing i I like rap. Um, okay, well, I say that, but really, I'm only into Eminem, which is kind of fake, but still. Oh, what? <laughs> no, no, no! no is not it fake? fake. Like Eminem is the only rapper that I know and He's love. cool. Yeah. Wait a minute, um, you like Hamilton? Yeah, but I, you know, I don't memorize the lyrics like I did. Yeah, but that's for, rap. For Eminem, I know people yeah, that's say that's Hamilton. Probably the only reason... Sorry, people say Hamilton is the gateway for. Kind of white people to enjoy sure. rap which hey, i think is that's what it takes true
1: if that's what it takes that's what it takes that's probably why i like hamilton i, I... If it was Any other That's musical, true. I probably wouldn't have liked it. I certainly didn't like it because of history. I'm not a history buff by any imagination. But the yeah, the lyrics, the beats, man, I love it. The the little, I mean, just the way they they write the lyrics, the um, the callbacks, the way yeah. they do it, the callbacks to even uh, other rap art. You know, there's uh, the Taurus Big lyrics in there. There's some uh, Rakim, KRS One. There's different types of um, you know kind of homages uh, honoring those.
0: It's so uh, rap skilled. Artists, so I love right. It. So skilled. And they so give skilled. tribute to. Mm-hmm. I I get it. Well, Mike, I have a question. Yeah. If, if your kids wanted to become professional poker players, what would you tell them?
1: Yeah, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Absolutely. you would support it? Oh, 100%. I, yeah. I don't care what my kids do as long as they're happy. My, my ego is not driven on that they become a CEO or uh, graduate from amazing universities like become economics and, uh, workers. That's not my, that, that's my ego. I,
2: mm-hmm.
1: I don't care. If they want to be professional poker players they want to be garbage men they want to be stay-at-home dads, stay-at-home what are you happy awesome that i've done my job as a parent you're happy sweet
0: has that always been your that's really interesting because i'm like thinking you know coming from a i hate to bring this in but like asian households Mm -hmm. there's always that leaning towards certain Mm -hmm. professions Mm -hmm. um and you know i i want to become a a parent like you, you know, someone who prioritizes their kid's happiness over everything else. It, it, was this something that followed you since, since you were a kid? Like that was something you always thought was uh, the most important?
1: No, I think it, cause you know, I a didn't have, point? I, yeah, I didn't have a parent really to tell me, huh. well, we expect you to go to Harvard and we expect you to do yada, yada. I didn't have those yeah. pressures from parents. Cause I didn't have a parent. Um, I think it just became, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, I think it became maybe a self-assurance for me when I was like, you know, I was a track and field coach. That's no glorious job. No one, you can't name a single track and field coach college wise. Right. They're not famous.
0: But that's because uh, I'm in New
1: York. No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, they're not on TV. They're, you know, you mm. can't, you can't name one. Right. Um, yeah. You know, poker player where, you know, again, I wasn't playing tournaments. I wasn't going to get on TV. I wasn't going to be like the Phil Ivies and, things like that you see on TV Uh, and now I'm just a sales professional uh, in that sense. So I'm, I'm, I'm very uh, assured of who I am because, because what I am is not a role that I play. Right. So there's me, there's, there's Mike Cunningham, you know, a person that God made and made in his own image. And then there's all these roles, right? So I'm a, I'm a son, I'm a a father, I'm a husband, I'm a sales uh, professional, I'm a mentor, uh, I'm a podcast host, whatever did it right. These, all these roles, Mm-hmm. Well, if I don't have assurance that m- me as the individual on a scale of one to 10, if I can't tell, say, you know, wake up every day and say, I'm a 10. Well, if I can't do that, then my, my roles suffer. Right. If I wake up one day and say, you know, I'm just not a good human being. I'm a three today. I'm just mm-hmm. not, I'm, I'm just not, I don't feel good about myself as a person. Well, how do I expect my. To be a 10 other as is, a father yeah, yeah you can't you you're basically a standard deviation one up or down right you can mm-hmm. probably only get as high as four maybe you could become a five on that day try. maybe right? that's stretching it right but you're probably going to be in a four three two range so every day i just know no matter what other people think of me i'm a 10 man i am very assured of who i am so that same thought process has to has to be there for my kids my ego is not based on if I'm the owner of the company, if I'm a, a executive in the company or I'm just a business development man, a manager, sales pro guy. Right? Uh, so for my kids, whether they go to Harvard university, Cal Berkeley, whatever famous names of schools, or they go to the local junior college or they don't go to college at all. That's okay because I'm so glad you said that the ego is driven when you're sitting around other uh, parents. And they start going, yeah, you know, my little Tommy is going to, um, you know, uh, Yale. Mm-hmm. And uh, my Susie is going to UCLA. And then you're embarrassed because you're like, oh, my kid's going to Parkland Community College. Who cares? Yeah. Are they happy? Because uh, plenty of kids go to Harvard and Berkeley and whatever other famous schools. names, it. And they hate it. They hate their life. They're not happy. Happiness is what it's about. So if they're happy knock yourself out man that's awesome you're a good person you aren't doing bad things man that's awesome man my ego is driven on me and what I do for my wife and family not on where you go to school or what you did for a living or what you do for a living etc
0: that's amazing you you sound like the kind of parent who wants to be your kid's best friend mm, <laughs> I don't
1: know I wouldn't say that. I guess I guess. Yeah
0: it depends the, on the context right right it's like the if they, they want to reach out it. to you mm-hmm. you want to yeah. be comfortable enough yeah. to be able to talk
1: my, about things my ultimate goal for my kids is grow up uh <laughs> that, that's a big part <laughs> grow right grow up, up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um you know figure out what you want for your life maybe that is a family maybe it's not maybe you're gonna be single for the rest of your life that's all good that's it's not for everybody uh but are you are you are you a good person Mm -hmm. and do you do for other people like do you give to other people whether that's through charity your time uh volunteer work or is that just your good friend you know when people have problems they cannot wait to call you because they know you listen uh you share if you if you um win the lottery are you the type of person that's like oh man dude hey i just i got way more than i need you need some let me help you out you know Mm
0: -hmm. be that
1: and that's i'll give myself a pat on the back when my kids do that one day
0: yeah, cause yeah, doing the right thing is always the right thing, right? Always
1: the right thing. Yes. Always have, the
0: right thing. Have you
1: heard that before? Yeah. Where did you hear that before? Gary
0: Vaynerchuk. I'm, yeah, baby, you I love Gary V. I, I love, love Gary V. Can I tell you, his tea with Gary V is my favorite thing. Uh-huh.
1: Um, as soon as you said doing the right as soon as you said doing the right thing i was gonna i was gonna finish it for you like it's always the right thing and then you did it and i was like oh my mind's blown here
0: Absolutely. because the thing you know d-rock right of course yeah so he posted that video of uh of gary saying that in the morning mm-hmm. and i was like dang that's
1: it's true hey, you're in new york city you got a chance to like meet this
0: dude. I actually wanted to apply to one of their media analyst positions just because I wanted to meet him. But then I realized that's not a very good motivation to get a job. Um, so he's actually one of the people who motivated me to start this podcast. You know, I've had yeah. I've this content for like years now and I've been into podcasts and I was like, why the hell not? And, um, yeah, I think he's just he's just like a great influence. In Here's life. what impressed
1: me with him. Now he is in mm-hmm. 2020 uh you know a million times more fire, popular yeah. than he was say in like 2015 but in 2015 ish so somewhere around there uh I tweeted at him about something and he responded and I was like, and wow. he still, he still had a million followers. It wasn't like he was nobody back in 15, yeah. but it's like, Holy crap. And then he, he tweeted something about uh, something about books. Does someone want some kind of book or whatever, email me. And so I emailed him. I'm in the airport. I remember this. And within five minutes I got a response from him saying, yeah, yeah, here's the books I was thinking about. I really was talking about this. Da, da, da. And I was like, this dude has, he, he still had the uh, very uh, VaynerMedia. So he's still running a you know millions of dollar operation, yeah um, millions of followers i was like and he still answered me that is what i aspire to be i want to be the person i don't care and you know i have no followers you tweet me you deserve a response you email me you deserve a response because you're a person you have you're a person of value yeah. who am i to say that you're not important enough for me to respond to get out of here that, yeah. get, drop that ego real fast i he love that you follow people
0: one on one yeah which is you know the, yeah no matter how high you get on paper, he recognizes that you're a human.
1: And he's the kind of guy that doesn't know the impact he has on globally. I think he knows, but, you know, he doesn't. Because, like, you know, you said he kind of helped you, I want to say motivate you, but, you know, there's the reason why you do the podcast, things like that. Like, so I have people, you know, coaches, former athletes, et cetera, talk to me all the time. And they're like, yeah, you know, I really want to start a podcast or I really want to do X or Y or Z. And I'm like, all right, so what's stopping you? Well, I haven't got this yet. So, you know, it's not going to be perfect and it's not going to do it. And I'm like, perfect. Like, first of all, who the F is perfect? (laughs) I was like, I've seen so many people who have so many great ideas that never get started because of perfect.
0: Mm -hmm. Get
1: started. You'll get better as you go along. That's
0: what you always told me on Reddit. Even before we met, you always, I I loved how you were so encouraging Absolutely. and you always said, you know, um, just do it. You'd Absolutely.
2: Yeah. 100%. I, I really,
0: I really, really appreciate it uh, because you were actually one of the first people that um, I was supposed to set this up with. Um, are, are you calling also, me out?
1: Are you calling me out there? Cause I stood you up. You, you're bringing it back full circle, all. full circle here. N-
0: not at all, because I actually <laughs> want to give you a compliment because you were the one who suggested to do this over zoom. Hmm. And then when you said that I, at that point I was overthinking with, you know, what medium to use. And then you were like, you were just like, do it over zoom. The quality is good. And, uh, ever since then I've done it like five, five times. And awesome. Good for you. Money. And it's really like maybe just get in there and
1: good and for you. Absolutely. Yeah. When I
0: have to thank you for that.
1: <laughs> absolutely. When, uh, when coronavirus hit, so for my industry, where I live in the track and field world, right. So March 15th is kind of when it all, imploded right that's when the nba stopped and all this kind of stuff
2: yeah
1: but me and all of us little track coaches we were at our respective national championships so the, uh, for ncaa you know there's division one division two II, division three i was with all the division one coaches um, like buffalo and, and those kind of schools right syracuse we were all in new mexico literally yeah. 48 hours, 24 hours from having the national championship, the big, you know, the super bowl oh, wow. of indoor track and field. And there was a D two meet that was going on and a D three meet and they pulled the plug, right?
0: Oh my God. Everybody go home.
1: All that. So we do all the equipment, all these pole vault pits, jump pits, hurdles, standards. we put it all up, looked great. And they said, all right, we'll take all your toys and go home. We're not having a meet. Right.
2: Mm-hmm. At the
1: same time, or roughly the same time, they canceled the entire outdoor season. So if you imagine as a coach, your whole job is to coach kids in college, yeah. right? Well, you have nothing to do. You can't even go to the office, right? They closed colleges and universities down. So yeah. a bunch of colleges, a bunch of coaches started doing their own podcasts. And a couple of them had me on because you know, I was doing our podcast from our, our um, from through our work as well. And mm-hmm. I started like putting them on, like doing what you know, I had a couple of Zoom meetings with a couple of them saying, Hey, here's what I've learned. You might want to try this, X, Y, Z. And I had someone ask me hey, not from, not from work, someone outside of work, um, why are you helping these guys out? Aren't they competition? Like, Because we're all interviewing the same people and we're all doing track and field, et cetera. And I said, competition. Well, first of all, you know what they're doing? They're building an audience of people who like track and field who also listen to podcasts because you, know, you shrink in the audience exactly. every time you do something like that. I was like, they're not our competition. People want to listen to all kinds of podcasts. And, and by the way, when these guys and gals go back to coaching, they're probably going to do less podcasts, which means I'll, you know, the listeners mm-hmm. will siphon over me. It's like, but yeah. no way. I, so
0: it's just... building an audience first, and then. Mm-hmm. Absolutely,
1: I, I just did a LinkedIn article where I uh, highlighted all the different track and field coaching podcasts and links and all that kind of stuff. Uh, it's like, man, uh, if I can put you on, well, that's just going to help track and field better, which is just going to help our business. Like why in the world would I? You know, there's two different. I don't know if Gary talks about this or not. You know, there's two different kind of mindsets, right? There's a growth mindset and there's a scarcity mindset, right? Like, oh, I've gotta protect it. It's mine. Man, there's so much to go around. So much to go around. If if I can help you to do this podcast, if if I can help this podcast so that you interview someone that changes your life, whether it's a new Mm -hmm. job, a new location, a new relationship, whatever. All the four, and even here's what's even better about it, Gladys. I'll never know. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, uh, the odds being what they are, I will never yeah. know the positivity you get from this podcast, but I'll just know, hey, I put positivity out there and hopefully something came, came of it. If I do enough positivity, enough good things will happen.
0: That's that's really, really smart.
1: You got to run man, into Gary B, man. Come on. Honestly, in New York City.
0: <laughs> if I did, I will Photoshop your face into... <laughs> Technology is here, Mike. This oh, is what we're here to man. do. You don't can experience Gary V through the photo. <laughs> but oh, um, sorry, I'm looking at the time now. We've been talking for an hour and a half, and don't get me wrong, I'm enjoying it. But I don't want to, you know, take take up too long. I appreciate um, that. I would like to leave you with one one story, which is, I've actually played sports. Uh, I don't know if you've heard uh, of the sport called netball. Um, It's similar to basketball, but for women. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, It's more popular, I think, in in Southeast Asia Hmm. region. Uh, But anyway, so I played it for, I think, 10 years. Wow. Yeah. So
1: this is a legit sport for you. Okay. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But the the sad thing is they don't have it here Mm. in in the US, which is fine. But I have to say uh, my netball coach really changed my life. How so? Um, One of them. I I had like a a couple of them. She taught me that she was a little bit um, unorthodox. So usually the coaches that I experienced was just all about pain and practice. Mm. But she focused more on teaching your mindset
2: Mm.
0: and then making you practice. So she actually explained why doing this move would make sense. Whereas the others Mm. were more of like, do Mm -hmm. it and and don't question Mm -hmm. it. Um and so she really taught me, like you said, to have that growth mindset. And I really carried it with me unconsciously, Mm -hmm. subconsciously till now. Uh so I have to say I really respect what you're doing and I think you're really making a difference in in the kids'
1: lives. I love that that you I love that story and I appreciate you sharing it with me. Uh what was that coach's name?
0: Oh I uh I'm not Oh, okay that's fair no no I, um, no no that's yeah. fair I,
1: I i believe so much and i live in the track coach world i believe so much in the positive yeah. impact of coaches in our society have you ever uh are you okay tell me uh male or female i think you might have said female, female. yeah have you ever yeah. told her what you just told me like hey coach you hey all right i'm gonna challenge you
0: we're not in contact
1: anymore it's 20 all right it's 2020 right. get out of here <laughs> Twitter, email, phone calls, Fair Zoom, enough. smoke signals, whatever. <laughs> Fair enough. You will make her her year get a hold of her. Even if she doesn't remember, it doesn't matter, right? It's just, hey, coach, yeah. I just want you to know that out of the maybe thousands of people that you have worked with, for me, you have done dot, dot, dot. And, you know, I, I, the things that you taught me back then, I use them today by doing bop, 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 bop. I just wanted to say, thank you. It will, it'll blow her away. Cause we take that for granted sometimes, right? Yeah. We take for granted some of the positive things that teachers and coaches and parents and siblings, strangers do yeah. for us sometimes. And we're real quick to talk about the negative, right? Like meaning, you know, we're quick to write a, ne- a negative review online or, uh, you know, that person. Yeah,
0: no one's leaving good comments because they're just happy and they move on. Right? Then
1: you do it. I'm challenging you. Gla- is, do I pronounce your last name? Ang? Yes. Gladys Eng. I'm challenging you. <laughs> figure out how to get a hold of her. You know how to get a hold of someone who knows someone who knows someone who knows her. And you just yeah. tell her exactly what you told me and you will you'll blow her away, man. You will make her day it'll be awesome
0: i have no excuse you're right
1: you figured out how to contact some stranger in illinois to talk about parenting and hamilton and house on haunted hill or whatever else you have the ability no excuses go make her day
0: i promise you (laughs) all right well thank you mike i i really really appreciate it hey
1: Thank you, man. I'm so just so blessed that you just sit down and spend yeah. your time with me, man. It's a lot of fun.
0: Of course. Did you enjoy the sleepover? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I didn't do it.
0: The first sleepover.
1: I made those kids do it, man. I can't handle that <laughs> stuff. I'm too old for that stuff, man.
0: <laughs> Never too old to have fun. No, honestly.
1: exactly. I agree with that.
0: Mm-hmm. Hey,
1: I do got to get down for dinner. However, before we go, I'm challenging you, Gladys. Yeah, we pinky swore. Go find that coach somehow get a message to her, let her know what the impact, the positive impact she made. That I, I I, told you, I'm a big, huge believer in the positive impacts of coaches. Uh, and that this coach obviously made an amazing impact on you. You deserve it. You owe it to her to let her know that what she has been working on her whole life matters. Yeah. It matters. That's true. All right?
0: Mm-hmm. I will tell her. Promise you. I'll send you an email.
1: Let me know. <laughs> All,
0: right. All right. Thank you so much, Mike. Thanks, guys. Have a great Have a good one. Yes, ma'am. You too. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.